Well, good morning, church. It's so great to be in the house of God together this morning. And we are in our gifted series in the run-up to Christmas. And so I'm really excited to be sharing a message with you this morning. So like me, I'm sure you're in mid-preparation for Christmas. Gifts to wrap, cards to write, food to prepare. Yes, we're all in that season at the moment. And it got me thinking about a story about when I didn't have a gift ready. And I'm going to share this story with you this morning. Now, it's a little bit of a confession because I've never publicly shared this story. So please have grace for me. So this was back in the day, sort of like the days of Noah when Dan and I were dating. And we... um. He phoned me at work one day and he said, um, my nana is coming from London to stay for Christmas. Um, my mum and dad have said, would you like to come round for a meal tonight and meet her? And this was like the last working day of Christmas. It's a couple of days till Christmas. And I was like, yes, I'd love to meet Nana. I've never met her before. I've heard all the stories about her. It would be great to meet her. And so I agreed to go for dinner that night. So I was very excited about this, thought, getting in with the family now, I'm meeting the nana. So I was ready to go and literally I thought, well, I haven't got a gift to bring her. I'd love to bring her a present, never met her before, what am I going to do? Now back in these days, the shops shut at 5.30, there was no 24-hour shopping. There was no Amazon Prime where you could order in the morning and you'd get it by the evening. There was literally no option for me to go and buy a gift, but I didn't want to turn up empty-handed. And so in that moment, I looked across at my desk at work and I saw in the corner the gift that my boss and his wife had got me for Christmas. Now this was no ordinary gift to pull a pun from Marks and Spencers. This was a special gift because every year they would give you the biggest, hugest box of Thornton's chocolates you've ever seen. But more to that, my boss's wife would gift wrap this present so incredibly. It was like all singing, all dancing, the most amazing paper, the bows, the holly, everything about this present looked so amazing. You almost didn't want to open it. It's one of those presents. And I looked over and in my mind, I had that thought, I'm going to re-gift this gift to Nana because it's what I have access to at the moment. So this little thought, so there you go, is my confession. I re-gifted a gift. But that night I turned up at the house and met Nana. You know, you're a bit nervous when you're meeting the family. And I handed over this gift and she was like overwhelmed. She was like, this looks amazing. This is just so lovely. How kind of you. And we got on like a house on fire and we always had such a lovely relationship. Anyway, so in that moment when she looked at the present and she said, this just looks incredible. I mean, look at the gift wrap. This is where my husband, at the time my boyfriend, Dan, either stood up for me or stitched me right up. I'll leave it for you to decide on the story. And he said, oh, Nana, that's one of Sarah's specialities. She loves to wrap presents like that. Oh, she's so gifted at it. She can wrap all these presents. She's just so amazing at it. To which Nana's eyes got wider and wider. And she said, well, next year, dear, you can wrap all my Christmas presents for me. In that moment, if Google had been available, I would have been Googling gift wrapping classes and signing myself up that January because I couldn't wrap presents like that. But I wanted to show you the importance of re-gifting a gift and you'll see as this story unpacks today. So I'm going to look at the story of the shepherds in the Bible of when they received the good news that a saviour would be born. And we're going to go through this together today. So the shepherds had a crucial role. 
particularly in Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern culture, back in Bible days, the shepherds had such a crucial role looking after the sheep. Now, sometimes when I picture the field that the shepherds were in when the angels made the announcement, I imagine this lush green pasture with a little stream trickling through with some buttercups and some daisies and just this beautiful picture postcard pasture. But if you look online, you can find where they believe the shepherd's field was. And it was a rocky terrain. There wasn't much lush grass. There was um, predators that could easily get in. There was caves. There was This terrain was just not how you imagine it at all. And yet these shepherds had a role where they needed to care for the sheep and look after them. They needed to find food and water supplies for them, shelter for them. They protected them. They would shear them. They would clip them. They would call them. The sheep would know the shepherd's voice. In fact, when you dive into what it was like back in the, those days, you never need a sheepdog to round up the sheep because one one word from the shepherd and the sheep would follow. If an imposter would come into the pen at night and try to steal the sheep and try to talk to them and lure them, they would not go with the imposter because they only listened to the shepherd's voice. The shepherd was at one with the sheep. He knew every individual marking of each sheep, their likes, their dislikes. He was there in lambing season and would help deliver the baby lambs. It was a crucial role for these shepherds. And particularly when you look into the story, Theologians believe in the study of this passage of scripture that these shepherds looked after the sheep that would be used for temple sacrifice. So these were special sheep. They had to be looked, and re looked after and reared in a certain fashion because they would be the sheep that would be offered as sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. If you remember back in those days, God could not be in the presence of sin and therefore the way that they atoned for their sin would be to put a sheep or a goat on a altar, let the blood run out, make a sacrifice to atone for the sins. And so these were special sheep. The shepherds would rear them and then they would be sold for the temple sacrifice. And this is very important as a story unfolds, which I shall show you. Got to love a story, particularly around Christmas time, hey? But these shepherds, as much as they did an amazing job with the sheep, it was their life 24-7 out there in the fields with the sheep. They were outcasts of society. They were uneducated, they were very unloved people. They were out on the outskirts and the fringes of community. They probably were a bit smelly. They probably didn't speak the best language. They were the shepherds. They were not the temple people. But nevertheless, God chose to give his message of the greatest joy and the biggest hope of the world to these shepherds. And so I want to look at what that story was. It was one ordinary night. So imagine all the shepherds, they've done their day's work with the sheep. They've locked them up in the pen, ready for night's watch, where they would sit and wait to see if any predators would come to steal the sheep. They were there, waiting. What for? Nothing. An ordinary night. But then out of the nothingness, something happened. And I'm going to read it to you in Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In their ordinary night of doing their ordinary job, something extraordinary happened. You know, heaven made announcement. Heaven, if you like, pulled back the curtain and released this heavenly host and this message of hope, saying for tonight, a saviour would be born. That a saviour who would come and atone for all the sin of all of mankind once and for all. This baby is born today. God's only son is born to you. This is a message of hope and of gladness and of good time and of joy and of peace. Shepherds, we have something great to declare to you. A message of hope came into the ordinary of their lives. And then, as it says in the verses there, there was a multitude of angels, of heavenly hosts, proclaiming God's good news and praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. What does that even sound like? What does that even look like? A multitude of angels singing and declaring the goodness of God. These shepherds have seen heaven open up behind them. Heaven was rejoicing that it was tonight that God was sending his son. And they wanted earth to see and participate in that. And they wanted to give the shepherds an invitation, a sign, a message to say, this is what's happened tonight in your very town. Go and seek out this baby that's born, the baby that is the hope of the world. It's the same message in 2020. We have a saviour who is the hope of the world and we need to get the message out of this goodness of our God. And so the shepherds, after being completely afraid, I mean, imagine that happened. Let's be real now, people. That was like, whoa. But there was something that stirred up within the hearts of those shepherds. You see, they would have known of the scriptures of old. They would have known of the prophecies of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And something would have stirred up within them to know this could be the one we're waiting for. This is God's plan. This is his son who is sending. And heaven has given the message to us, the outcasts, the fringes of society, the shepherds, the low ones, the uneducated ones. But we've been given the greatest message of hope. And now with this hope and this invitation, we want to go and see the king. So Luke 2 verses 15 to 16. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Just as they were, they went to Jesus. There was no time to give wrapper a present. There's no time to write a congratulations card or buy a bunch of balloons or a bunch of flowers. There was no time to shower or prepare because with haste, they knew they'd been given a message of such hope, a message that was prophesied years ago. And they had this message and they needed to go and see if what heaven would said was true, was true and go and find this Jesus. But my question is, how would they know when they'd found him? What was so significant about the sign and the message that the angel gave them? And we can find this in verse 12 of Luke 2. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You see, the shepherds understood what that meant. 
And this is where the excitement came from. Because swaddling clothes would be used traditionally in that culture for binding up wounds or preparing bodies for the grave. If you think about the story of Lazarus, when he was dead and Jesus called him forth out of the tomb, he came out and he was still bound in all the grave clothes. They'd swaddled him. He was bound up completely and he literally had to jump out and they had to help him get released from the grave clothes. And the sheep that the shepherds prepared for the temple. You see, these sheep needed to be clean sheep and anything that would touch the ground was deemed unclean and could not be used for sacrifice. So as soon as the lambs were born, the shepherds would bind up their feet with swaddling cloths. They would bind them up so that when the lambs were put down on the ground, they were still clean because they were not touching the pasture. And therefore, something stirred within the hearts of these ordinary outcast men because they knew that this must be the promised Lamb of God. This must be the Son of God because he would be wrapped up in swaddling clothes. He would be the spotless Lamb that would be sacrificed for the sin of the world so that all can come into relationship with Jesus. It stirred them. And then the second point in these uneducated men, as the world liked to see, was the place that they would find the baby in the swaddling clothes. It was a manger. It was the feeding trough where the animals would go to feed. And it was saying that my son, Jesus is going to be placed in those swaddling cloths in a manger because he is the bread of life. He is the living water. When you come to him, you'll thirst and hunger no more and he'll be found in the place where the animals used to feed. But this is where the whole of humanity would come and find their saviour. And so there was joy and excitement in these shepherds because they knew something was happening. They knew the prophecies of old were coming true on this very ordinary night when heaven opened up the curtain for earth to see. So then the shepherds, when they found Jesus, this is where we see when they hand over their gift. So what did the shepherds give Jesus? Well, it's found in Luke 2, verse 17. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all of those who heard it marveled at those things which they were told them by the shepherds. You see, what they did was they re-gifted a gift like I did. They re-gifted the voice that they had been given by God himself. They re-gifted it to Jesus. They said, we will use our voices. We, the shepherds who are used to calling the sheep and they will come. We will go out and use our voices to call out the lost sons and daughters of God. We will go and declare the good news that we've been given tonight because everything that heaven said was true. And they went about the towns and the villages declaring the good news. Can you imagine the excitement, the stirring, the be like, hey, come and listen. Come and listen. We had an invitation. An angel sent us a message. And then we saw all of heaven rejoicing. We saw them glorify God. They told us tonight that a baby would be born. And he's a spotless lamb. And this is why we know, because we've been doing this for years with these sheep. And we know exactly what needs to be done for temple sacrifice. And now we see that God has given his only son because God so loved the world that he gave up his only son so that we might have relationship with him. And they spread the good news. They were the first evangelists, these shepherds. And as the Bible tells us, the people marveled. They were like, wow, this story got around. It started to spread around the villages that tonight a saviour was born. The shepherds gave Jesus their voices. They declared the fulfilment of prophecy. 
We look in Isaiah 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And my, my question today, church, is to you. Will you give Jesus your voice? The uniqueness of your voice is like no other voice. Will you give Jesus your voice again today in this season and say, use my voice? Because everybody has got a story. Everybody has got a testimony. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you have got a story to share with people who don't yet know him. You have got a story that will call out to the lost sons and daughters like the shepherd's deer. Hey, come over here. What you're looking for has already been done. And as we celebrate Christmas, we have the greatest message of the greatest gift that was ever given to us, which is Jesus. But I want to say, will you use your voice again, church? Will you declare your story? Will you give testimony of what Jesus has done in your life? Will you share with someone that moment when you realize there must be more to life than there was and then you met Jesus? Will you share your story of who clicked share on a service like this and you found Jesus? Will you tell of those grandparents that prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for you and then one day you gave your heart to Jesus? Will you share about how in this world, in a fallen world, stuff happens to us? There's good stuff, there's bad stuff, there's ugly stuff. But when you are in relationship to Jesus, you are anchored to the rock. That when you are in the storm, he's in your boat. That when you go through stuff, you know that you don't go alone because Jesus is with you. Have you got a story to share of the miraculous power of God at work in your life? Of when you prayed for someone and you saw them healed? Of when you believed for the job that you were unquestioned? qualified for and you got positioned in that job of when you were broke and you were everything was completely like where do I go from here and by the power of God he moved something and shifted something in your life you've got a story to tell in your brokenness of when he made you whole in your sadness of when he took away your sad and gave you joy for your mourning we have stories to tell and there is a world out there who needs to hear your voice and my voice they need the voice of the church to be raised up in this season to hear the truth that unto us a saviour is born that what happened all those years ago is significant today because it was for all for everyone has an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and when you say yes to Jesus you will never look back it's the best decision you could ever make can Jesus use your voice will you re-gift your voice today in every area of your life we had a funny story a few months back as we've been doing church a lot via Zoom. And many of you have been on Zoom meetings, connect groups, and really got used to Zoom now. And we had a prayer meeting, and it was a few months ago. And there were so many people on the prayer meeting, which was amazing. But if you're all off mute on the, on the Zoom, you get everybody's background noise. So if you're off mute, you can hear someone's kettle boil or the kids shout out or something happens. And it can be distracting. So how we used to run the prayer was, unless you were praying you would be muted. So it was going around the room and there's an amazing time of prayer and it was really going somewhere. And it got to our turn to pray. So Dan really felt he'd got something to share. So we unclicked mute and he started to pray and I'd got my eyes shut. And I tell you, there was a moment, it was just like, wow, it was something's happening here. You know, as you get into prayer, then you start to prophesy and it's brilliant. And just for a split second, I just opened my eyes. I opened my eyes and looked at all the pictures on Zoom and everyone was like this. 
Almost like that face Io does when he's really concentrating. Everyone's like this. And then I look over and I see Dad going like this. And I'm looking. Then I get a text. We can't hear you. We suddenly realised our mute had been accidentally pressed. So we're in there. Oh, we've got the power of God here. Dan is prophesying. It's like amazing and no one can hear. So we unmuted ourselves and then we had such a laugh. And then Pastor Barry said, best prayer you've ever prayed, Dan. And then we just rolled up at that. And it was towards the end of the meeting, so it was fine. But it got me thinking as I prepared this. I believe that spiritually the church has been on mute and we need to unmute ourselves, the church en masse, that for so many years prior to this year that we're in now, there has been, you can't say that, you can't preach that, you can't suggest that. There's been a muting. Perhaps when our church doors shut, it was like, oh, we can't meet together, we can't gather together, so the church is muted. But no, we've got the voice over the airways. We've got the voice through YouTube, through Facebook. We are speaking. But more than that, I believe it's time to release the voice of the church, that roaring voice of the church, to say the truth, to preach the full gospel, to lead people, the lost home, because people are ready. The harvest is ready, but the workers are few. And yet we've got the voice. We've all got a story to tell and to share. And therefore, it's time for us to unmute the voice and speak the truth. Do you know, more people are tuning in to church services worldwide now than ever before. People are Googling prayer more than ever before. People are wanting a saviour and they are not seeing that the saviour is already here. So will you point the way? Will you point the way? Will you use your voice to be unmuted? You know, we follow the, the calendar that we're in. We're in the year 2020. Don't think we'll forget this one fast. But next year we go into 2021. But in the Jewish calendar, they entered on the 18th of September this year into a new year. And the year that they entered into is the year 5781. And in the Hebrew language, all of their numbers have sim symbolic meanings, pictorial meanings, the letters, the numbers, everything. It's, it's amazing. I would suggest look it up online because I'm no scholar in this. But you can find out some stuff about the significance of the Jewish New Year's. But something stru struck me about this year that we're entering into. In fact, the decade that we're entering into. And it's to do with the 80s. So we're going from 80 to 81. And for the next 10 years, it means pay. Now, if you remember when we did a series on Hebrew stuff, there's the word hay, so there's my best Hebrew voice for you there, and the hay, which means the breath of God. So this is the pie. Okay, so think of it like that. So we've gone from hay to pay, but we've shifted from the eye to the mouth. So this next 10, 10 years in the Jewish calendar represents the mouth. And I thought that was interesting, that the church being off mute it's about your mouth. It's about your declaration. It's about you proclaiming the good news. It's about you preaching the word of God. It's about us declaring the word of God. When we're going through life and situations, what's our first thing to say? Well, let me get my Bible. Let me speak the truth of what my God has written in my Bible. It's about your mouth declaring stuff for the future. It's about your prayer. It's about your prophecy. It's church about using your voice in this decade to bring in the harvest and I want to encourage you in that. Maybe you felt muted through fear. Maybe you've stepped out before and you think that didn't go well. Maybe there's a hesitant for you to use your gifts at this time because you think, well, what if it doesn't work out? You're worried. But I want to tell you, now is the time to use your voice to speak because there are people, sons and daughters of Jesus, who need to come home and need to be called into the sheepfold. And church, we have the voice to do it.
I love what the shepherds did once they'd gone about spreading the word about Jesus. They then came back to Jesus in Luke 2 verse 20. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Will you raise your voice in praise and glory? I want to say, come on, we haven't had corporate worship for so long and I have so missed that because there's something about that to stand there and to raise a hallelujah and to praise and worship together. But we will do that again one day. But in the meantime, in your home, in your car, with your family, are you praising God and raising a hallelujah in every situation? Are you praising him before the breakthrough? Are you praising him in the breakthrough and after the breakthrough? Are you glorifying God in this season for all that he has done and all that he will do it's time to get our praise on it's time to use our mouths to praise and have on our lips the glory of God glory to God in the highest and peace to men on earth we have the best message we have the best hope of anything and it's in us church but we need to praise him more let's go back to praise and worship let's go back to praise you know Jesus referred to himself as the good shepherd. And I want to read to you today Psalm 23. It is one of the most famous Psalms in the Bible, but I want to read it to you and I want you to look at it afresh with new revelation today that God is your good shepherd, that he has you. And just as those shepherds would care for those sheep and make sure they had everything they needed, that when they were injured, he would go to them. When they needed clipping, the shepherd would clip them. When they were in a difficult situation, he would rescue them. He'd leave the 99 and he'd go after the one. That We have the good shepherd where all our hope, our peace can be found. And we need to trust him with our lives. So I'm going to read it to you, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, the ultimate good shepherd. That's his words to us. He's with us. He cares for us. He's empowering us. He's with us every step of the way. And I want to encourage you with that this morning, that you can hope is found in Jesus. He will be the one that restores your soul. So let those words of that psalm soak into you this week as you go out in this week knowing he is with you. And let him anoint your lips again to declare the good news, that you would re-gift your voice to Jesus in this season. Who knows, your story over Christmas spoken to someone could just be that thing that just pushes them over the edge to give Jesus a try. So keep speaking, church. I'd love to pray with you now. So Lord God, I want to thank you so much for everybody that is listening to this message this morning. I want to pray they would hear your voice through all of the things I've shared. I want to pray, Lord God, that your church would get her voice back, that would declare the goodness of God in every season. 
that we would declare the hope of the birth of Jesus, our salvation over this Christmas period, that you'd empower us and anoint our lips again to speak your truth so that we can just bring more people in to your fold. More people would know of your goodness and your mercy and your love for them. I pray, Lord God, that as we go out into this week, Father, we would just keep looking outwards and keep using every opportunity to declare the goodness of your name. We worship you and we love you in Jesus' name. And maybe today you've never said yes to Jesus. And what I've talked about, you think, yeah, I want to put my hope in Jesus. Well, I'd love to pray with you today. So, Lord God, I will pray for anybody today who wants to give their heart to you that they would accept your free gift of salvation, that they would say, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong, where I've fallen short for my sin, and I accept your salvation offer to come in relationship with God today, that I choose to put aside my past and I choose to walk out a new life with you today. If you've prayed that with me today, please let us know. Please get in touch because we'd love to help you on the journey. And as I said earlier, it's the best decision you'll ever make. So thank you so much for listening today. Have an amazing week. I'll hand back to the worship team and let's go out on some praise. Praising God for all he's done and all he will do. Thank you.